Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Crazy Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Fast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode on the podcast. So I'm super freaking excited because this is actually the first week that I have a guest since starting the podcast, and this is also episode 15. So I feel like that is, uh, you know, kind of a milestone number. I mean, I guess depending on how you look at it. Uh, so we have Kiki Ray here, uh, founder of Wildly Wealthy Woman, and I am just so happy to have her here, wealth embodiment mentor. So Kiki, just go ahead and introduce yourself and what brought you to this work and like, what do you love about what you do? Mm. Hi, first of all, congratulations. And thank you for having me as your first guest. I am absolutely honored. Anytime someone wants to bring me on their podcast, period, I'm honored. But to be the first guest is just so sweet. So thank you. Um, so my name is Kiki Ray. I am, like Sarah said, a wealth embodiment mentor. And this has been a relatively new evolution of my coaching business, a new evolution of my branding. Um, I have been in the coaching space for the past five years, which is so wild to think about. It's gone by in the blink of an eye, but I started with mindset and manifestation. Those were my two things. And I've always had and a, a love for money. I love talking about money. I love sharing about money. I love helping people make more money. And two years ago, I went through this incredible um, up level in my business where I had my first multiple five-figure month. And in that came one of the hardest challenges of my career and, and life, really. I had a longtime friend of mine just kind of take herself out of my life because of a conversation that we had around money. And so for two years, I hid, I went into a shell, I detracted and stopped sharing about money in that way. There was a lot of shame that I felt, a lot of, you know, trauma, hurt, pain, all of it. And then my mentor asked me a couple of weeks ago, months ago now, she goes, Kiki, what do you actually want? And I said, I want to be wildly wealthy. And it was like this person came over me and spoke for me. And I was just so tired of being in the, the, the struggle for the past two years. And so I really just said, you know, the thing that was causing me the most pain was the thing that ultimately set me free. And so now I am showing up. I am talking about money. I am talking about wealth embodiment because it goes so much deeper than money. Like wealth is an energy. Money is an energy. But in order to have more money, we need to be embodied in our wealth. And it goes so much deeper than money mindset. So that's what I want to teach people. And that's kind of where it all stemmed from and how I got to 
be where I'm at right now. I love that so much. And I can resonate on so many levels, uh, especially with the part you were saying about how you contracted back because what somebody was uncomfortable with what you were sharing and, and what you were going after, what you are going after in your in your reality. And I feel like so many people listening can resonate with that, that desiring more money, right? Desiring more abundance and overflow. And, but like, they may still be a little bit of attached to the struggle. And, you know, and I think that, of course, it's, it's challenging to detach from that. And to also, I know you talk a lot about, you know, creating safety in our bodies and like how we really can expand our wealth. And, uh, you know, I'd love for you to talk a little bit more on that. And if anybody, like how, what would be like the first step that you would share of anybody who is still feeling that scarcity? And even though we all know it still pops up at every level of wealth, right? Popped up for me this morning. <laughs> yeah. who, are we, who are we kidding? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it always, like, that's the thing is like, I always say this in, in my world too. It's like, it doesn't matter what level you're at. You're still going to have that as you expand. And, and I, I, so like, so what is, all right, just allowing ourselves, like, how do you really allow that safety? And, you know, what did you do? Like when you did have that multiple five figure month and then you like knew you were contracting back like how did you deal with that and how did you rise above that so I didn't deal with it very well <laughs> I spent two years I wasn't consciously aware that I was contracting I basically hit this upper limit and I talked about this earlier today in the training that we were part of where there's this tipping point and your tipping point, you're on the edge, you're on the precipice of a massive quantum leap should you lean in. But if you lean out, right, there's this moment that happens. And the moment that happened for me was this friend of mine leaving my life. And I had to go through that process to integrate so much deeper and to understand what I absolutely will not tolerate moving forward. And unfortunately, that took me two whole years. And that was just the cycle. And it's funny, I know a lot of people uh, who are kind of like spiritual and in this in this work will understand that for many, the past two years have felt like a complete death, like a death and a rebirth. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. So you had asked, you know, for me, it took two years and I finally decided, I was like, okay, I'm just no longer available for this. I'm no longer available for the shame that I've been putting on myself. I'm no longer available for the playing small. I'm no longer available for the uh, blaming other people and trying to put it outside of me. It's my fault. I hope I can swear. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I swear. I swear. It's, <laughs> it's, it's my fucking responsibility, you know? And so really moving from a state of being in effect of allowing life to happen to me and realizing it's always happening for me. And so I took the power back. I said, you know what? Okay. I've done this for two years. It didn't bring back my friendship. It didn't make her change. It didn't, you know, do me any favors. If anything, 
I'm at a hell of a worse place that than compared to where I was at. So what did that serve for me? It didn't serve me, right? So you had asked me the question of if someone is, you know, finding them in, in this scarcity moment and what the beginning part of that is to do. And my biggest thing was realizing because when I went from a $20,000 month to like last year, I think I only made $42,000 gross in my business. It was like basically from the year one of my coaching business is in and around that ballpark. And I'm like, how did I go from having a multiple six-figure business projected to where I'm at now? And I realized that in that, right, I had to go and get a job. I had to bring safety into my nervous system. And that was when you are full-time as an entrepreneur and you are showing up because this is your livelihood and you need to make this work, I could not make sales to save my life. People were coming few and far between and it was not enough to sustain me. So I was like, okay, I have finally hit my breaking point. I have to go and do something to bring in more money that is outside of my business because otherwise it's just going to keep going like this. I feel myself in the desperation and the lack and all of that. So I reconnected. I swallowed my pride. I swallowed my ego. I went and I got a job and I did something that was fun and easy and felt good, you know, and it made it just automatically like people started coming back into my business. Money started showing up from other different ways that it wanted to land. And the thing that I would say, if someone is listening to this right now and they're at this point where they're like, oh my God, I just, I need something to work. The first thing is that you can't go back. Okay. You can't, there is no point in shaming yourself for how you've always been with money. There is no point in getting down on yourself or feeling guilty or judging yourself. It's okay, what am I going to do to shift this? That's place number one, is how can I not even feel abundant or feel in overflow? It's how can I just feel neutral? And neutrality is safety. So, so many of us feel like we are so unsafe because $10,000 isn't coming in, $20,000 isn't coming in. But, or it might be less, right? But in actuality, it's like, do I have a place to lay my head at night? Do I have access? Like you guys are all listening to this podcast right now on some form of device. Do I have internet access, right? Like four walls, a roof over my head, food in the fridge, clean running water. I'm doing good. So that is what I always anchor back into when I am feeling unsafe is like, okay, my basic needs are being met. And if you're in a place right now where you're like, yeah, Kiki, that's barely even happening for me. It's like, okay, I have to either create more time to be able to pour into my business, or I have to find a way to create more money. Right. And in today's online world, there are so many different ways that you can make money. So that is where I would start. 
Absolutely. I love that. And even when you were talking about how when you had to go get a job and you were talking about how you made $42,000 in that year or whatever, of what popped up for me was like, that that would be a lot of money for some people, right? Like totally. that are starting their business or or also maybe they've made sales and they've grown, but then also they've found themselves contracting back and not reaching the levels that they really desire. Um, and I'd like to talk about that some more of really, you know, because I, I, I do believe that once we manifest a certain amount of money or, you know, whatever that number is, and we have hit it before, like I, I, I have this like belief that sometimes instead of really aiming towards that number, it's like, maybe we actually do have to play bigger, right. Or lean into more because I feel like we do, we still, and I find myself doing this to this day is still like playing smaller than like the level I want to be playing at. Right. Like, and it's so, and for me, it is, it's conscious. Like I know, like I know, right. Like, and, and also it probably is subconscious. Like there's still probably, some fear and some discomfort, right. That I don't really want to feel or like that I'm avoiding. Um, but like, yeah, I would love for you to talk about, you know, the tipping point and really as you are expanding into new levels of wealth and, and really focusing in on that, how, how do you really just stay grounded in that and like, and just, keep moving and really just allow like allowing yourself to play bigger and and how to yeah just talk a little bit more about that because that's I like I, that I want to go back to what you said originally about the 42,000 and I want to honor anyone whose experience is like that would be the world for me because I went from a hundred k in 2020 to being on the verge of like, you know, the, the way that I was tracking, it was going to be probably just shy of multiple six figures. And then I going, when you start scaling, you start playing a bigger game, you start investing at higher levels. So the biggest thing that happened for me is that I was paying a mentor almost $3,000 a month. And so when my income (laughs) went away, my biggest thing is that when I make a commitment, I stick with it. And not a lot of people can say that. I know I'm very lucky. I don't have children. I don't have, I live a digital nomad life. So I have access to cheaper housing. I don't have a mortgage, you know, the typical things like that. However, you know, when I make a commitment, I follow through on it. So it would have been easy to say, Hey, you know, my, my money's gone away. I can't pay you anymore, but I would make sure that I had the money to pay her before anything else, because I am someone who deeply values integrity. And because of that, I actually don't have a lot of people come to me who back out on their I think in the five years that I have done this, I've had two or three people completely cancel contracts. And so that's something that's really of importance to me to, for people to understand is like, 
you know, when you start making this amount of money, don't go living beyond your means until it is regulated, until that is your consistent, you know, I was making consistent 10K months. So I felt good investing $3,000 a month because I didn't have a lot of other overhead. Um, but in terms of the regulation at each new level, one of the things that I was talking about the other day with um, people inside my program, and I just finished trainings for a program called Worthy and Wealthy. And in there, we talked about expansion and receivership. And we actually did this training yesterday, so it's fresh on my mind. But we talked about how with receivership, if it doesn't feel safe, you're going to unconsciously push it away regardless. So for me, when I got to that 20K month, it actually felt safe in my body because I had done it before. I had hit a $17,000 month, let alone it took me an extra eight months to get to the 20K mark. But when it got there, it didn't feel unfamiliar. It didn't feel overwhelming. I was way more regulated in my system, but there was still a little bit of a house of cards type of foundation in terms of projections from other people. My worthiness was actually, it was like very much the validation from everyone else rather than knowing my power and my abilities got me there, right? So there was that to, to really feel into, but the receivership piece is that when you are, you know, everyone talks about wanting to have a million dollar business. I would love, I know I am eventually going to have a million dollar business, but let me tell you, if a million dollar business were to land in my lap tomorrow, i.e. $100,000 for the month of December, that would feel sticky and stretchy for me. You want to know why? Because that means there is an influx of clients. There is likely people who need customer support. There is likely an inbox full of emails, people in my DMs. And it's like, okay, I, I had to go back to being a one-woman show. So I do not feel like I could actually handle $100,000 and everything that it comes with. We only think about the money. We don't think about what's on the other side of the money, the value. So there's that to really, and this is why it's safer for you to go piece by piece, rung by rung on the ladder and to regulate yourself at each new level that you get to. Beautiful. Yes, be I, I, I really... You know, I love the the regulation, and I guess so. Coming from somebody who, um, you know, I find so much excitement in like fast wins, right? Like, totally. like so much excitement. Where you know, I'm I'm almost like more turned on by that, and by just you know, if for example, if an idea just flows through today and I just shoot it out there and I'm like, this is what it is. And this is like, it just, it just gets me like so excited. But also I know that the excitement is only 
so lasting right and like the and I do know right you've got to focus in on the long game the sustainability and how important that is right um and I also so so I want to talk about attachment to numbers okay because um <laughs> this is something that you know not even just like attachment to numbers being a bad thing but I feel like this is a very unpopular opinion and I think it has held me back um so much because it's like you of course want to detach from what your bank account is meaning about your worth right like you mm -hmm. you don't want to be like super attached in an in an obsessive way but also don't you think that like if you I mean what do you think about like actually if you're focusing in on the numbers doesn't that help you regulate in a sense of you're you're willing to look at that and you're willing to get better at that and you're willing to feel better around the numbers? Yes. So the question is, are you doing it from a space of obsession or are you doing it as a marker, as a checkpoint from a space of non-attachment? So a lot of us, you know, for the longest time in the coaching industry, there was this Oh my God, I had a $25,000 month, except the next month, and this was my case, I had a 20K month. The next month was $8,000. And so what that tells me is that I had, you know, $10,000 of recurring uh, revenue and I had, or $12,000 of pay in fulls money that didn't come in the next month, right? Mm -hmm. And so those quick hits are dopamine hits, they're spikes. Yeah, they feel fucking phenomenal because oh, there's money in the bank. I had a $3,000 <laughs> day last month and that felt good because for the longest time I was making $3,000 in a month. So you best believe that I celebrated that. And, and it's like, okay, when you're doing that, like, I know that, you know, two of those payments weren't coming back. So my question is, would you rather have a million dollars today? Or would you rather have a penny doubled every day for 30 days? The million dollars is the quick hit. Mm -hmm. The penny doubled every day for 30 days. And if you do it on a 31 day calendar, I think it's almost $10 million. Hell yeah. So, <laughs> which do you want? <laughs> right? right. So it's the question of, can you be in it for the long haul? And this was the thing that shifted everything for me was I'm not here to just rush my way to the finish line. Like for me, there is no finish line. It's not, yes, I'll take breaks and yes, I'll, you know, vacation and whatever, but the biggest shift that I learned from the person that I was being to the person that I am today is that your audience needs to trust you. And if you are dipping in and out, I was only posting two, maybe three times a week back in the start of the year. Mm -hmm. um, in May, I could barely even post like once a week, twice a week. So I when I had that moment of drawing my line in the sand, mm -hmm. I also challenged myself to a night, not just a 30 day, 
a 90 day social media challenge where I was going to post, not just show up in my stories, because that's easy for me, posting content, valuable, informative, shareable, like, you know, and people started coming in by the droves because I was consistent in my own energy. I was embodied in my wealth. I said, not only can I just show up and post whatever for 90 days, it was who is the wildly wealthy woman? How do I tune into her like she has the million dollars in the bank right now and start showing up like that? Because it doesn't matter what is my current reality right now. And this is what another thing that I would go back to say of like, forget about what's in front of you right here, right now in this moment. It's the wealthier you feel. And this is why I talk about wealth energetics, wealth embodiment is because it's an inner game first. Your inner world goes out and then attracts in the reality of which you consistently feel. Not just... I did gratitude once a year ago, like that I did. <laughs> once a year ago, <laughs> like that's not it. So um, it's who you are showing up as consistently. And that's what magnetizes in. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. And going to that gratitude, um, because, you know, I've said this so many times and I have really felt this is like, you can say thank you, right? You can, um, you know, have gratitude, but it's like, if you don't actually feel it on a deep level, like there's some sort of sensation flowing through you, you're just like, it's, it's, it's you're just not, thinking it. You're just thinking it. And even with like the positive affirmations and, you know, there's been positive affirmations that have taken a really long time for me to actually integrate and I think that I would love to talk about this embodiment piece for towards the end of this end of this call, um, this this amazing conversation, like the embodiment piece of really just feeling that for yourself, right? And like and knowing that you have to, and you have to see your wealth, you have to see it coming, you have to really ground into, okay, like, yeah, who am I? If I have multiple five figures in the bank right now, like who, how, then how am I showing up? And how am I feeling about just everything? And like, what are my offers? And what are, what's my content? Like, I'm always, I'm always asking myself this question, you know, and there was so there was a long time for me also that it was, it was, it was like this leadership piece that I had to, I have to step in, I have to continue to yeah. step into, right? And I have to continue to step in my own wealth embodiment if that's what I desire. Like I can't separate, we can't separate ourselves from what we really want to integrate and we have to be leaning into that and feeling that for ourselves. So give us your, you know, your top two modalities or top three that you love to do for daily embodiment? Yeah. So God, I honestly, they're going to sound kind of simple. Like I'll, I'll take you through a run through of my morning routine, but I will tell you like bonus slash not part of my every single day morning routine. Kundalini was the thing that changed everything for me. So 
that moment with my mentor, I had been practicing Kundalini for a couple weeks um, at that point, maybe like 10 days or something. So like two weeks, three weeks, something like that. And she, when she asked me that I finally had my power kind of turned back on the, the flicker was kind of there. And so Kundalini was the thing that I started practicing and just having a Kriya that worked on my solar plexus and worked on my confidence and my magnetism. So there was that. And then, um, that was kind of like the bonus tip, but every single day I practice gratitude, but I feel into it exactly what you said. Gratitude is not gratitude. If you're just thinking about it, then I, uh, future script, and this was something that I let go of. And so the more that you can see it, hear it, feel it, smell it, taste it. Okay. If you're someone who wants to be flying on private jets and, you know, eating caviar on the coast of Nice, like all the power to you, taste what the caviar is going to taste like, right? Like get in the embodiment of the leather underneath, underneath your butt on the private jet. Uh, if you want a homestead and have your own, uh, you know, like farm, an acreage where you grow your own food, what is it going to feel like having your grass in the feet? or your feet in the grass. <laughs> you know, I'm just getting so excited. Um, but what's going to feel like, you know, raising cattle and pigs and whatever the case may be, see it, hear it, feel it, smell it like the shit that is going to come with farming, smell it. And so it's all of those things that activate your subconscious mind. The subconscious does not know the difference between imagination and reality. So the more that you can, again, tipping point, put it onto the 51% rather than seeing your current reality, the more that you envision and feel and lean into that, the sooner it will come to you. Ah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. The majority of our time, it's like, yeah, what are we focusing on the majority of our time? It doesn't have to be all the time. It doesn't have to be it doesn't, perfect. It doesn't have to be all the time. It's just the majority of the time. How are you feeling? How are you thinking about money? How are you, you know, what is it that you're focusing on? And so, move your body, move ooh. your body. Oh yes. my God. Energy gets so stuck. I love mm -hmm. watching your reels and you're just <laughs> doing your thing. You are just dancing and you are being you. And that like, that is embodiment. That is wealth embodiment. Well, thank you so much. And you know, uh, somatics, I, my pleasure somatics has shifted so much for me in, in this work. And, and also, yeah, like if we're anytime we're two in our head, if we're feeling stagnant, if we're feeling stuck, it's like our body is calling for us to move, to move that energy. And we can, yeah. we have the power to do that just by freaking moving. Like just shake. Just yeah. shake. You don't even have to do like a full weighted hit workout, mm -hmm. just shake, bounce your, like levitate onto the balls of your feet and just bounce your heels back and forth off. You would be amazed at how regulated you feel after doing that. Oh, hell yeah. I, I, it's amazing. And I 110% agree and, and love this conversation. Uh, you know, and I've, I've 
followed Kiki for a while now, and we we did lose uh, touch for a little bit there. I was thinking that. <laughs> yeah. So after like my so my Facebook got dis disabled uh, for I don't know I got flagged for inappropriate content. And uh, yeah, and then it they like didn't give me a warning or anything. And so I did lose touch with quite a few people over that time. But we have since reconnected and I've been following her stuff. And I love the direction that you're going. I love your brand. Uh, you. I love the Richmas series you're doing right now and just and how giving you are and how just incredibly authentic you are. Like you're so you. your energy is like fire and it's you can just feel your passion you can feel just everything that you put out there and that's what i freaking love to see in 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 any mentor or anybody that i'm going to like want to work with or follow or you know all the right. things right and so remembering everybody that embodiment is the most key important piece we cannot think about our desires it's not enough to it's not even enough to just believe we have to take action. We have to become it. We have to do whatever it takes to let go of the shit that is holding us back and to own that so we can be rising and we can continue to expand our own wealth, abundance, overflow, all of whatever you want to call it, right? It's all an inner game. It's all knowing that we're worthy of it and taking action to integrate it for ourselves. Something so that, something that you said that I really just want to touch on mm -hmm. is you had reflected back to me how giving I am. Mm -hmm. I lost touch with that for a while too. Once I got to this level, I expected to just be able to coast. Mm -hmm. That ain't how it works. So mm -hmm. no matter what level you get to, yes, you can like slow down, but never take your foot off the gas mm -hmm. and really never expect anyone to just automatically give to you. <laughs> so for me, that was, I, I just expected to receive without giving is what I'm trying to get mm -hmm. at. So for me, really like giving, if you want to feel abundant, if you want to tap in to wealth embodiment, start giving. If you don't have money to give, give your time, give your energy, give your knowledge and expertise. Yes. I love, I love that too. And, you know, sometimes it can be, we get in our heads about, oh, if we give too much, then we're not going to, you know, whatever, but it's like, it's all bullshit. It's just, we gotta, we gotta really tap into once again, the abundance that we want to be receiving without getting so freaking attached to how it needs to come. Yeah. So, you know, thank you so much, Kiki, for joining me today on the podcast. Like, I think that this is a great space to end our conversation. And for everybody out there, I'm going to drop Kiki's links in the in the show notes. So definitely make sure to follow her over on Instagram, Wildly Wealthy Woman, over on Facebook. Uh, she has a lot of amazing things unfolding uh, for 2024 and the end of 2023. So, so excited. So thanks again, Kiki, for being here. Thank you. Bye. Love.